Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Acts 20. Get your tissue boxes ready. You might need them today as you read Acts 20 and you see one of the most moving scenes in the entire book because what you are reading really is an emotional goodbye. And that's maybe something you've experienced before, an emotional goodbye, a goodbye to someone that you cared about or a goodbye where it seemed pretty clear you might never see this person again. That's what we're going to see towards the end of Acts chapter 20, and it's going to be a, a powerful thing as Paul says goodbye to the leaders of the church in Ephesus, a place where even just recently we saw him spend two years there. So clearly Paul has built some strong relationships with the leaders of this church, and we're going to see him say goodbye to them today. Let's see what leads up to that in Acts 20, because Paul's still in Ephesus at the end of Acts 19, and there's this riot by the idol makers. Well, after all of that ceases, uh, he says goodbye, but this isn't the emotional one yet, and he goes for Ma- through Macedonia, and it talks about very briefly him going through this region and even coming to Greece and spending three months there. Uh, it doesn't really record the exact places, but this would have been probably through territory like where the Philippians, Bereans, and Thessalonians were, and then Athens, maybe even the Corinthians. That whole region is where he is traveling. And then he uh, he spends three months there, and there is a plot that is made against him by the Jews as he's about to sail for Syria, likely to go back to Antioch. But because of this plot, and again, we don't have a lot of details, instead of getting on the boat, he goes back through Macedonia. Uh, And eventually he goes to Troas, now going across the sea to Troas, which would be in modern day Turkey, and they sail from Philippi. So we know at least he comes back through Philippi, he goes through Troas, and there an interesting thing happens because as Paul is saying goodbye to them and getting ready to leave, he is talking until midnight. And there's a young man uh, that's sitting in the window that falls asleep and uh, goes out the window. And he dies and and Paul raises him up from the dead. So some lessons to be learned there. Hey, preachers, maybe preaching till midnight, you know, maybe there is a time to to rein it in to land the plane. Listeners, maybe don't sit in windows, especially if you're prone to nod off. Maybe those are some practical lessons, Uh, but really none of that is the point of this passage. Uh, The point, again, is the power of God working through the Apostle Paul. The miracles that they did affirmed their message and even their office as an apostle in Paul's case or as prophets in other cases, but we see another miracle confirming his ministry. And then Paul travels more and he comes to this place called Miletus and he goes past 
Ephesus uh, because he is hurrying, trying to get to Jerusalem uh, on the day of Pentecost. So instead of going to Ephesus, he invites the leaders of the church in Ephesus to come to him at Miletus. And then we see, uh, for really most of the rest of the chapter, uh, this emotional goodbye. And there's three things I want us to learn from this. Um, and I think whether you're in ministry in more of a vocational sense, or you're just serving your church, that there's going to be three things here that we should see modeled in the Apostle Paul that I think should affect our ministry. And the first thing we'll work through all of this is he's able to look back without regret. And that's something all of us should aspire to, that whenever it comes time for us to say goodbye, we've behaved in such a way that we're able to look back without regret. And you can see how he talks about that as he begins in the middle of verse 18. You yourselves know how I lived with you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. So he looks back and he endured trials and he remained faithful uh, to delivering the message that God had called him to deliver. And again, you see the centrality of concepts like repentance and faith in the book of Acts. That's something we see here in this passage and something we've seen all throughout the book, how important those things are. But here you see Paul looking back at his ministry to Ephesus, being able to, to consider how he, he worked hard and he was humble and he, he did what he was called to do. That's something we should all aspire to. Now, Paul is not an arrogant person. I bet if you looked at Paul, that there's probably some things um, that he might look back on because nobody is perfect. Um, but you see, the overall idea is I was faithful. I endured the trial. I remained faithful to the mission that God had given me. And I guarantee you, none of us, when we're saying goodbye, will be able to look back and say, well, I, I did everything perfectly. But I would hope that we would be able to say, I was faithful, even through trials, to do what God called me to do. So we want to be able to look back without regret. The next thing we see is Paul's able to look forward without fear. Uh, and he says, and now behold, I am going to Jerusalem constrained by the spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there. So he doesn't know the specifics, but he gets the idea of this in verse 23, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. So he knows I'm going to Jerusalem and I don't know exactly what's going to happen to me, but the message I'm getting from the spirit is that it's going to be imprisonment and affliction. But then he says this, which is very key, but I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus and to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Um, and so there we see him, he's looking forward without fear. He knows that there's trouble. And so he's not looking forward without fear because it's like, well, God's just going to make everything great. No, there is imprisonment and afflictions. So his 
lack of fear is clearly not based on his circumstances. His lack of fear really comes from his heart, where he's not counting his life precious to himself. So much of our fear comes from that comes from thinking too much about our own lives. It comes from thinking about uh, our own lives as being precious and our hopes and our dreams and what we want to do instead of making the goal of our life to be faithful. If that was the goal of our life, many of us, we'd be much less afraid. If our goal was not all the things that we want, but was really focused on the mission that Christ has given us and to be faithful to that. So he looks back without regret and he looks forward without fear. And finally, he serves without selfishness. That's what he does in the present. So in the past, no regrets. In the futures, no fear. And in the present, no self. Because then he charges uh, them and he gives them some instruction. But as you get towards the end of it, you'll see his heart of really care and selflessness for them. He gives them some warnings. Uh, First, he declares himself innocent uh, because, again, he reminds them, I didn't shrink from you from telling everything. Uh, But you need to be careful now. Verse 28, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease to admonish, uh, did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. So there you you see the warning. There's going to be false teaching. There's going to be wolves. You need to watch out. And I've warned you of this. And even though he's leaving, this was one of the standout phrases to me there in verse 32. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are being sanctified. Wow. What a good word for us today. We don't have the Apostle Paul at our church. He's not here ministering to us. But you know what we do have? We have God and we have the word of his grace. Ultimately, a reference to the scriptures and the theme of of grace that runs throughout all of the scriptures. And it's able to build us up and to give us the inheritance among all who are being sanctified. We need to hold on tight to God and to his words. Those are good, goodbye words. I remember when I would work with young college students at a former church, and many of them, I would basically get them for two or three months. They'd graduate from high school. They would come have a cup of coffee in the college ministry, and then they'd go all over the country to different colleges and universities. And I try to get lunch with as many of the young men as I could and just try to give them that encouragement. You need to hang on to God and you need to hang on to his word. You know, wherever you're going, that's going to be the key to really your spiritual health. Hang on to God, hang on to his word. And so that's how Paul is serving them. But you see his selflessness come through in the end, how he says, I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and those who are with me. Hey, I wasn't coveting your gold. I was even willing to work hard to cover some of my own needs. 
In all these things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So there you see in the present, he, he was willing to work and he knew the rewards of being selfless and generous towards others. And after this, they pray, they weep, they embrace, they kiss, and they're, they're sorrowful. And he goes away on the ship. But from these goodbye words, again, three lessons for us that I hope we can all learn from and aspire to. May we look back without regret. May we look forward without fear. And then in the present, may we serve without selfishness. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.